Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back, and we're going to jump right back in where we left off yesterday. We are doing as we promised we were going to do. We're talking about the Real Estate Treasure Map, which is, of course, your uh, 2021 and further real estate business plan. I'm going to share a couple thoughts with you guys. First of all, if you've not yet downloaded your real estate treasure map, there is, of course, still time. Just text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Go ahead and do that now. Um, Frankly, this is a must-do activity. It does not take but two seconds, um, and it will allow you to receive a link where you can then download the Real Estate Treasure Map along with six other books. So go ahead and text 2021 to 855-685-1045. So that's the first must-do thing. And Julie and I are working on a podcast that we're going to do closer to the end of the year where we're going to talk about um, predictions. And you know, it's funny. I've been looking for predictions that aren't just all things to be optimistic about. I can't find any ones, any negative ones with regards to housing, which is really pretty miraculous. There was a report that came out today on a CNBC that showed like, a, in essence, a, you know, it's funny what they called it. They didn't call it appreciation. They called record inflation in housing. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the interest rates, the fact that they're going to probably stay at uh, less than 3% for a long period of time. All these things that are happening in the economy on a whole, not all of them are great uh, for the economy on a whole, obviously, but most of them are fantastic for housing. So, I mean, I don't know about all of you, but you better be feeling optimistic about rolling into next year. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling confused, if you're not feeling like you have a true North Star, that's the reason Jules and I are doing the series of uh, podcasts the rest of the year on the real estate treasure map. The treasure map is your fill-in-the-blank business plan. It is the very thing that most of you need to get that sense of mental and emotional relief so you know you have the direction rolling into next year. So, Julie, welcome to today's show. Thank you. And this is the continuation of working on that treasure map. That is your personal business plan. So do take it seriously. Uh, We've had lots and lots of coaching clients over the years and listeners that have done this and who are almost addicted to it. They do it year after year because it actually works so well. It's almost like be careful what you wish for. It's cathartic. It is. And it's honest. Right. When you're going through the exercise and you're actually thinking about um, it, it's like, it's so funny, Julie. I mean, it, whenever you ask somebody what their goals are, first of all, they're always surprised by the question, right? It's not really a normal conversation, but then they come up with general statements. They won't come up with things that are really, you know, definable or they're not drilled down. And that's how the human brain works. So you have to push yourself through the initial reaction, which is something of just, you know, a little bit of a brain fart to really create a goal that's going to be measurable, specific, you know, where you can start holding yourself accountable to it because you have an action plan behind it. That's the whole purpose of the real estate treasure map. And that's the reason that when you do it, you do feel a sense of relief, uh, uh, cathartic, cathartic, right? 
Just cathartic is good. Just cathartic? Uh, oh, okay, yep. good. So you could tell which one of us wrote most of Harris Rules, our book, <laughs> which, by the way, is still available, obviously, at Barnes & Noble and Amazon, the perfect stocking stuffer. So get Harris Rules, our best-selling book, with over 400 five-star reviews on Amazon. So, Julie, you want to pick up where you left off yesterday? Yes. Yeah, so in the beginning of the treasure map, we start with reality, right? Then we get into goal setting. You've got to start with what do you have to do, then we work towards what you want to do, and then how you're going to do it. Okay, so we have, uh, yesterday we talked all about personal overhead and being really super duper honest about that and diving into all of your expenses and really drilling down to an accurate amount for your personal overhead. So today we're gonna do that about business overhead. Same idea, you've got two buckets there. You've got business overhead that you literally have to do or you won't be in business. These are things like your cell phone, your MLS dues, your signs, your lock boxes. Um, you know, your internet, basic stuff, right? And then you've got the stuff that you think you have to do and some of that's really effective and some of it isn't. So you wanna be really honest about that and go through. And the way that you do that, and I'm doing this with our elite coaching clients right now, is you go through your past transactions and you source them. Where did your business actually come from? Not where do you think it came from, not where do you wish it came from because you've been spending this bill on this thing that was supposed to work, but where's your business actually coming from? And then I'll tell you what actually works. Does that make sense? It does. I was actually just reading our reviews on Amazon for the book. Boy, I tell you what, if you're ever feeling a little bit depressed, Julie, just read the reviews. It'll make you feel fantastic. <laughs> this one, hey, great read, written extremely well. Nice. That was a direct compliment for you, my nice. dear. And tactical and practical information, Tim and Julie are truly amazing. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it is. Thank that's you, Michael. Awesome. Yeah. I don't want to review, read all these reviews, but man, they're nice. That's that's yeah. uh, pre-Christmas present. There's like one guy that gave <laughs> there's one guy that gave us a, a uh, it's like when this review motivational gurus this reads like your average self-help book. You didn't read the book. No, obviously didn't read the book. The, JB from Canada, you're lying. You did not read the book. Julie yeah, and I are absolutely totally. not motivational gurus. There's nothing in the book that's motivational gurus. But I'll show you the ones that I really like are these ones that are international. So we've got uh, we've we've got some great international ones that are from like Nova Scotia. Well, that's Canada, but you know yes, from that counts. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyway, Julie, so if you're ever needing a, a real, um, you know, a real pick me up more than yeah. caffeine, just read our okay. reviews. And again, guys, get the book on Amazon. Um, it's not it's a big book to be honest with you. Julie did a fantastic job. I don't even know how many pages it is. But it's very comprehensive. It's a little over 200 pages. It's exactly what you need. It, it's a perfect complement to the real estate treasure map, but the real estate treasure map really is a drilled down um, business plan, which obviously you need to get by texting 2021 to 855-685-1045. Yeah, so we've been talking about business overhead. You've got the stuff you've got to pay, and then you've got the stuff you think you've got to pay. You're going to source all of your transactions. If you're new or newer and you don't have a whole lot of transactions, that makes it a bit more challenging for you. Um, but, you know, probably you also haven't gotten into the quagmire of spending a bunch of stuff buying leads if you're super brand new. So that kind of works itself out. Then we have, um, this is all under the category of have to earn personal overhead. Then we've got business overhead. Now we've got to talk about taxes. What's the saying, Tim, that agents are uh, really good at two things, not paying their taxes and something else? I can't remember what it is. Not paying their taxes and not saving money, which is kind of the same thing. Well, and the next category is savings. So right, exactly. Makes sense. Well, but, you know, truthfully, if you come from a work, uh, a, you know, essentially you're, this is your first time you've ever been self-employed. 
and now all of a yeah. sudden you have to be thrust into this uh, entrepreneurial role where you have to be your own CFO, your own marketing manager, your own you know CEO, your own sales manager, your own all these yeah. things. There's no way you're going to succeed at all those things. No, and it's not really their fault because you know it's not like they teach you that to get your license no. to manage all of this. No, stuff. and you, you really most brokers don't even mention it. You really do need to know all those things, and um, so that's the reason what Julie and I suggest is you really focus all your best energies on uh, every day on really only three things proactive lead generating uh prospecting and presenting just those three things if that's all you get good at trust me you'll have more than enough cash flow to hire other people to do the other things that you really don't need to master but those things you know the proactive G lead generation um you know the i'm sorry the proactive lead generation the pre-qualifying which is really critical and then the presenting that's what i meant to say that you do those three things you never delegate those three things and there's nothing that's going to stand in your way in terms of cash flow yes delegate your buyers after you've determined that they don't have houses to sell. Yes, delegate all the other things. Hire it out. You just focus on becoming a powerful listing agent. That's what makes our coaching business so much different than everybody else's. We're not asking you to take a shotgun approach to your business. We're not asking you to be somehow be a miraculous marketing manager, online lead generator, social influencer. We're asking you to focus on the three things that are going to lead directly to a paycheck and always give you um, a commanding position in your marketplace, and that's as being a listing agent. Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. We have now figured out personal overhead, business overhead. You do have to, even when you are hiring and you guys all should hire, you know, and use accountants and, you know, to make sure that you're keeping your taxes straight. But general rule of thumb, Tim, I usually tell people 20% towards taxes. Of course, there's fluctuation depending on what state you live in. If you also have to pay city taxes, but if you can at least off of every single commission check, save 20% for taxes, you're not going to fall behind. And I can't tell you how many people we've known, coaching clients, colleagues, friends that have gotten behind on their taxes because you know, they didn't put it in that order. They didn't prioritize that. So well, please do you, don't screw that up. Let's let's tell a little very practical way that you and I basically forced ourselves after our first year to start saving into those different buckets ourselves, mm -hmm. right? Sure. Um, you know, we had um, really no organized system for doing it after our first year in the business. We sold over 100 houses. We made hundreds of thousands of dollars. And guess what? We rolled into the following year, our sophomore year in uh, real estate, with some tax debt. That's going to happen, right? Well, fortunately, we were able to sell houses prior to having to pay the taxes in April, so it all worked out. But that was a dumb business plan That's right there. Luck. That was called luck, exactly. <laughs> but here's what Julian ended up doing. She would go, when we got a commission check, now this is, you know, some of you get paid through wire, I get it. But when we got a commission check, she'd walk the check into the bank. Go ahead. Yeah. And well, so <laughs> sideline, you should know who manages your bank because, you know, they're a good professional center of influence and, you know, get to know uh, who's taking care of that. So you walk into the bank and you're going to deposit or in the, maybe you wire transfer this when you get a, a wire of your commission and you put 20% into a dedicated tax account. But you would write it. You would write it. I would literally write it right. and deposit it into that account. You'd write a check, right? Yes. So you had your main operations account, you had a tax yeah. account, and you had a savings account. Yeah, when so you, you took deposit in, the big one. When you talk, took in the commission check for $10,000, then you'd write a check. At the same time you're depositing the commission for $10,000, you're also depositing a check written against that um, you know, deposit for into the savings, into tax. So you'd actually, one deposit from a commission check would actually equal three deposits Correct. and you're funding the account off the top. Yes. Now let, let me make a very specific point because I know people are still doing this. Okay. You should not commingle your savings 
and your tax account. That's right. Okay, because that gives you a false sense of what your savings is. That tax money does not belong to you. The smartest move is to incorporate and essentially pay yourself as an employee, and that way you don't have to worry about. Um, you'd still have to pay, you know, bulk tax statements, but at least then you have somebody managing your payroll and your payroll tax. If you lived in like where Julie and I sold real estate in Ohio, the taxes were incredibly complicated. You had obviously federal taxes, but then you had state taxes, and then you had all the individual cities that we Don't sold a house regional. in. Right, Rita. All the individual cities where we sold houses would also have a tax. If we sold some house in some city that we sold one house in, well, guess what? You had to pay an income tax to that particular city. I'm not kidding you. A lot of the countries like that. And we needed an account to keep all of it organized. And so just keep that in mind, guys, that the best way to go about doing it is to take the money off the top, put it into savings, and also then obviously set it aside for taxes. Don't assume you're going to have enough business write-offs or you're somehow some sort of overly creative you know, business owner who's going to figure out how to write off all of your personal stuff as business expenses. That stuff is a, a lie, and if you do it, you're going to get caught, and you don't want to have any tax problems ever. No, <laughs> it'll be actually worse than you know, paying it for you or worse than being behind when you create problems for yourself. So again, no commingling. Your tax account and your savings account are not the same. This way, when you find out what you owe in taxes or you're running it through payroll, as Tim said, it comes out of that account and you're not freaked out by it. You're not like, oh, I just had to blow all my savings paying taxes. No, because that wasn't your savings. That was your tax account. Okay, so that's a really big thing. And I think especially for our newer licensees to get started out right and not get themselves into trouble that they will be fighting for the rest of their career. So that's personal overhead, business overhead, uh, taxes and savings. This, this is all together the money you have to earn. Now, if your spouse or significant other is bringing in part of that, well, account for that. We're, we're drilling down on what you have to earn. In other words, what does real estate have to provide for you? If you've got rental property that's giving you regular income, you can take that out, but get to a number because the next thing you're gonna do is divide that by your average net commission, okay? And that will tell you how many units it takes for you to survive. Does that make sense? This is just like your basic survival plan. Right, so again, what we're trying to walk you guys into is a, a sort of a higher level way of thinking about your money. Again, you have your core level personal expenses, then you have the personal expenses that are the one-to-haves. So the have-to-haves and the one-to-haves, and then you're doing the same thing for your business. And now what we're going to do is we're going to start walking you into the concept of the real estate magic number. And here's really the, the punchline to it. We're going to get into the meat and potatoes here in a second. Am I doing this in the right order, Julie? That's okay. We can put it here. That's fine. Okay. And what the real estate magic number essentially is, is the number of listings you need at all times. So conceptually stay with me on this listeners. It's the number of listings you need at all times to meet or exceed your financial expectations. So after you've determined what your core uh, personal expenses are, uh, those again are the ones that you need to basically cover your real urgent um, living expenses. Then you're going to, you know, another little math thing we want you to think about, this is more of an intellectualizing thing, is take your core business expenses and divide it by 30 and figure out what your average daily cost to exist is for your family. That's an interesting experience when you do that. Take your core business expenses and divide it by 30 and that's going to tell you your average daily cost to actually exist. Now, add in the one-a-half so that your average daily cost for your have-to-haves is X. 
the, your average daily cost once you add in the have-to-haves, the trip to Disney World, the this, the other thing. Then you divide that by 30 and then you see that number too. We want you to feel a little bit uncomfortable when you look at your numbers because it's going to help you push through the days when you're being tempted to do the things that aren't going to lead directly to a paycheck. You have to have that sense of urgency. And here's a little interesting psychological, um, all of our stuff is rooted in psychology, right? That's where we focus. We don't really spend a lot of time in the woo-woo and the motivational guru, Mickey Mouse. Here's the fact about human behavior. You're going to be more motivated by losing something that you already have than you ever will be striving towards something that you want. 99.9% .9 of all humans are like that. So I'm going to say that and I want you to think about it. If you have fear of losing something that you already have, your house, your car, that's going to motivate you a thousand X more than say getting a new house or getting a new car. So if you're looking at these numbers and you're facing them and then realizing what you were just doing math, what were you just doing? Oh, I was uh, figuring out that if your average, just to keep the lights on, is 5000 a month, that costs you $166 per day. Yep. In other words, any day that you haven't at least earned $166, you are moving backwards. Right. And so here's the overriding theory that we're walking you guys into so you can just start intellectualizing on this. There is a magic number of listings that all of you need to have at all times, not buyers, not anything else, listings at all times. That once you obtain that number of listings, on average, using the averages in your MLS, and we're going to help you work through this to figure it out. Once you have that listing count, let's say, for example, and I know this is a hot seller's market pretty much everywhere, uh, but just bear with me for the sake of explanation. If you have 10 listings at all times, and you know in your marketplace that on average, uh, you know five of those will sell per month. When Julie and I sold real estate, 10 listings at all times would mean like maybe two or three would uh, sell per month, not any more than that. So we needed usually 20 to 30 listings just to basically basically uh, meet our own magic number. Well, so hold that thought because there a lot of them cannot conceptualize that. Well, it's we, we because sold in it a, you know, well, we sold in the 90s and it was a buyer's right. market, right? right? And we sold in Columbus, Ohio. There We're are the a few markets that are acting like that. I've got a oh, few yeah. coaching clients like that. So here's the rule. Condo market in Miami, for example. In Manhattan. And, right, exactly. You know, other areas. Okay, so here's the rule. The more inventory that's out there, the longer the days on the market are because there's more choices. It takes longer to take a look at them, blah, blah, blah for various reasons. Okay, so the more inventory, the longer days on the market equals you need more listings to achieve the same goal, right? So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, longtime coaching clients, Kenmore's in Washington State, they're doing 300 and they're about 360 deals this year. And this is incredible to me. They have averaged 15 actives or less and they're still cranking out those deals because the speed in which they're turning over, right. which is kind of unusual. So for them, their magic number is 15 to 20, and they also have a lot of buyer sides. Okay, so but, that, but the point is that everyone has a magic number. Right, right now, in order to sell five deals, you might need like eight listings. Right, but let me just finish explaining yeah. the overriding concept, and then we'll get into it and showing them how to use their MLS stats to know yes. what their magic number of Smart. listings is. Because mm -hmm. to Julie's point, you might only need three or five, so don't be intimidated by these numbers. Yeah. The concept is, is if you had 10 listings at all times, again, adjust accordingly, that uh, you would have a certain number that would sell per month. So using Julie and I's numbers, it was back when we sold real estate in the 90s, our numbers worked out like we had to have something like 40 listings at all times or 30, so it was like 37 or something because we knew approximately you know 10 or maybe 15% would sell per month. And we knew the average commission and we were doing the math based on of the four categories in which we were earning money for, the same as you guys. 
Uh, I'll see you later and have a, a great premier coaching call today. Um, and then that's the way we would do financial planning. And then we we learned when we when we sort of embraced the concept after we figured it out that listings is where it was at, and you just needed a certain number of listings at all times to meet or exceed your personal and business financial, you know, your minimum requirements financially, and also your aspirational spending as well, right? So once we figured that out, it really did help us to see clearly as, as far as where our primary focus needed to be. In a way, it was a massive relief because we realized the real estate business really is a very simple uh, business. It doesn't require you to have a big team. It doesn't require you to have a big fancy anything. It just requires that you focus all your best energies every day on taking listings. And then once you position those listings in the market, they will pretty much sell automatically out of the MLS and then you'll have consistent cash flow. So 10 listings at all times in your market. Most of the country right now has an average sale price of $300,000. So if your average commission is $300,000 and you're going to have an, uh, three listings, let's say you had 10 at all times and three sold per month, you'd be making what? $30,000 a month or $360,000 a year. I dare say that's probably more than most of you who are listening to us. And we have tens of thousands of you who are listening to us in now 57 different countries. So I just gave you the formula to make over 300,000, almost $400,000 a year. It's called having 10 listings at all times. So if you understand that, it's irrefutable, right? You can't really argue with the logic of what I just said. Now, again, if you live in a super hot market, which most of you do, your market, your inventory is going to turn fast. So the steps that uh, you need to take uh, once you've uh, essentially accepted what I've just said to you is true to become a listing agent, that's where all your best focus needs to be. That's the reason that Julie and I say your triumvirate of activities every single day, proactive lead generation, you know, really good pre-qualifying and presenting. You do those three things, you're going to be financially free. This is the formula for your success. It's not any more complicated than that. It is fascinating to me, and it should be fascinating to you, why the human brain wants things to be so complicated. Why is it that people are so attracted to f trying to make puzzles and games out of everything? Like, if I were, you know, I had this very conversation with a group of people when Julie and I were in Miami last week, and I was talking to some people that I respect and I love, and I was explaining to them how the, you know, essentially the philosophy of our coaching business, um, and they wanted to argue that it needed to effectively be more complicated. They wanted to talk about all these other things that were essentially not really relevant to making money, not help, not really relevant to helping people. But they had believed, because they'd only come up in the real estate industry, and they've only been in the business for like 10 years or less, they didn't have the perspective that Julie and I have from having been in the business for two decades. But even that, uh, you know, essentially is nothing compared to the hundreds of thousands of coaching calls that we've had. And our, and our coaching business has done even more than that overall with all of our coaches. The point being is our information was acquired through... <laughs> You know, uh, you know, sweat and work and long periods of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, not from going to a Facebook group and, and conducting a poll. Do you see the difference? So once you've spent time at something, what you'll discover is that there are, there, it's sort of like this is an interesting little nerdy fact for you guys. As languages mature, as languages evolve over sometimes thousands of years, for example, words get shorter and phrasing gets shorter. And it's that's if you listen to or read anything from, say, um, an old book written in the Victorian era and like old English, the words are super long and the, the sentences are ridiculously long. Everything just takes longer to say, longer to read, longer just uh, maybe even think. But as language uh, evolves, the words get shorter. 
And you can see this happening, how a lot of the long words that, um, you know, are were even used 10 years ago, now they've been abbreviated. And now we're just so used to using, you know, little short phrasing like TFW and things like that, or, you know, uh, all these different little things that people say, right? That's what's going to happen. That's what happens naturally as things evolve. But that does not seem to be happening in the real estate industry. In the real estate industry, because there's such high turnover, people come into this industry and they think it's more complicated than it is. They, For some reason, there's some flaw in our software and our brains. And this is really what it comes down to, in my opinion, that wants things to be harder than they are. We don't want things to be clear. We, And I think ultimately it comes down to um, the doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. People, when they hear Julie and I's message and they read our book, they listen to our podcast, they, you know, they, we've been around forever, right? So at this point, chances are you stumble across our messaging and you hear what we say intellectually, you know, it's true. Then why don't you do it? And the only answer is, is because you are fearful of having to develop the skills to actually do the work. And so you're more attracted to things that you perceive will result in less rejection and frankly, less um, effort to try to master. That's where the thought process fails for virtually all of you. You guys think uh, that it's the best, you know, for example, you think looking for shortcuts or hacks is what you should be doing, is where that is where you'll find your success. And the exact opposite is true. The hard work is what you should be doing. The work that requires you to be uncomfortable is what you should be embracing. Look to see where your energies uh, are flowing right now, where your focus is. It's not on the things that are going to put you directly in, uh, in a position to help people and make money. It's the things that are passive that won't result in you having to you know, make yourself ever uncomfortable. I was listening to um, a coaching client, one of Julie's coaching clients, Chris Leon, I'm talking about you. I was listening to his uh, recorded prospecting calls and he was calling expireds and he sent an audio to Julie to listen to and I was listening over her shoulder in her office. And um, I was, I mean, uh, mostly good things. I mean, he was really great voice, great clarity. There are a couple little tweaks in what he was saying. A couple little, there's two or three points in this one particular call I listened to, which Julie wrote down that had he said this or just taken this slight pivot, he could have actually set that listing appointment. It turned out the seller I was listing it, that he was uh, calling was uh, had multiple properties to sell and he didn't you know, seize that opportunity. So there was a couple misses he had, probably like three, that would have resulted in a set on an appointment. But he is so close to being able to effectively set appointments over the phone. That's what I heard from listening to his call. That's exciting to me because that was him getting a you know, phone number of someone to call, which you can get those phone numbers, an expired in this case, and it was an older expired, by the way. He picked up the phone, he made the phone call, and he is like 90% there to being able to set appointments. Once he gets comfortable and effective at setting uh, his you know, proactively lead generating, he's. what do you think is going to happen to his mindset with regards to his potential uh, with helping people and making money? It will be unlimited, right? It will go through the roof. He's going to start seeing life through a whole different set of filters because guess what? When you learn prospecting skills, when you know how to proactively lead generate, when you have actual real sales skills and a sales system to back it up, he doesn't necessarily have to stay in Chicago. He can live wherever he wants to live. You, He could pick up, once he's really gotten effective at this at you know in Chicago, he could pick up and move to Arizona or you know, Puerto Rico or Miami. He could go anywhere he wanted. Like speaking of Miami, for example. 
um, you know, the agents around me were bemoaning, nothing for sale, nothing for sale. Well, prior to us having that particular dinner, I'd actually gone to realtor.com and I'd done a search for how many listings there actually were in Miami for sale. And there were nearly 4,000 for sale in Miami, including condos and single family houses. Now they're all telling me single family houses are selling like hotcakes and I believe it. But here's what was my observation. How many of those listings were had been previously listed? In other words, of the 4,000 houses for sale, I bet you something like 2,500 of them, if not more, were condos. How, what was the average days in the market for those condos? How many of those condos were uh, like listed three, four, five times? They're just waiting for hellacious price changes. If I were in Miami, I promise you, I would be going after that business. I would be going after the expireds of the condos because that market will shift, it will change, and I would be absolutely focusing on getting in as many of those condos as I possibly can listed as fast as possible because all the other agents are just essentially writing them off just unsell. That's the perfect um, opportunity to be a contrarian and go in there and gobble up market share. And I can give you examples of agents across the country who have done just exactly what I said. While everyone else was saying the market's going in this direction, they saw, they saw opportunity in the opposite direction. This type of market, depending on your market, is exactly prime for those types of contrarian ways of thinking. But here's the one thing that matters. If you're doing what everyone else is doing, if you're lead generating the same way everyone else is lead generating, if you're thinking the way that everyone else is thinking, you're just going to be like everybody else. And what is everybody else experiencing? A lot of suffering because a lot of those ideas have become saturated. There's too many people doing too much social networking, too many agents doing too many videos. What makes you think that a, a video on you know YouTube of you talking about the market is any better or different than the thousand other videos doing the exact same thing that's also happening? in your marketplace by all your competitors. Why don't you just skip that and go right to picking up the phone and actually having direct contact with that prospective seller? Why don't you do it? I know why you don't do it because you don't know what to say. You don't. You don't know what to say unless it's um, you know somebody who's a, a direct referral or somebody who's a center of influence or past client. Would you feel comfortable? What would it take for you to feel comfortable talking with someone that you absolutely have no contact with prior? In other words, it's a true sales call where you're talking to someone who you have no family connection to, no friend connection to, wasn't a referral, wasn't a, you know an easy listing. How many of you would feel comfortable going after that business? Well, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Until you do feel comfortable going after a business like that, you will never be very successful in real estate. Anybody who's really truly transcended in real estate. I'm thinking of Rob Johnson, for example. I started coaching Rob five or six years ago. He's now the number one agent in Greenwich, Connecticut. And with his brand, he's the number one agent in New York City as well. And he started out by essentially giving the list of things that he wouldn't do. <laughs> and he still does, to be honest with you. But his volume this year, if he gets one more contract, is going to be between, I think it's going to be like 130 to 150 million. And he was doing like no million five or six years ago. You guys can do the same thing. And by the way, he only, have two, he only has two assistants. I'm thinking of you know, all the other people. Chuck Williamson, for example. Um, he's uh, selling in uh, North Carolina. And in North Carolina, this guy has such a dominant market share. I, I don't remember his exact dollar volume this year. But he's going to make millions of dollars in personal income doing exactly what we tell uh, all of you guys to do. And he's selling in an area where the average sale price is, if I remember correctly, less than $200,000. So what we teach and frankly what we preach works in all markets and all market conditions. And it'll work for you guys as well. But you've got to be willing to do the, guess what, work. And if you're not, 
And if you're just going to constantly be flying to whatever the light, latest market gizmo thing is um, that you think is going, you know, some complicated funnel idea where you're, there's a 14-step phase where you can finally generate. Why are you doing that? You've got to question your sanity in all of this. You're creating needless suffering. You're not procrastinating success. You're never going to obtain success in a meaningful way because you're not doing the right things. And I'm just telling you guys the truth. It's no different. And people are offended when I speak like this. And you know what? Truthfully, after 25 years of doing this, I'm okay with them being offended. I'd rather have them be offended and tell them the truth than have essentially not said what I know is true. That's how I, how I feel at this point, to be honest. So I'd rather tell you guys what you don't want to hear and have you be offended because somehow I've you know poked a sacred cow in your mind than, than frankly not leaving it all in the field for you for the sake of trying to help you improve your personal life and your business. You know, so you got to really ask yourself why it is that you're taking so long to really build momentum towards being a listing agent. It is because you're being distracted by things that are incredibly, you know, that are designed to be distractions, right? All these different little marketing gimmicks. Have you ever actually decided to go dig, drill down and find out what, if those things actually work? When someone's telling you to do all these, you know, social networking, uh, videoing, all this stuff, anything that's passive, anything that's designed to create a brand. Do you actually have the professional background or educational background to discern whether those things are gimmicks or not? I didn't. Julie and I didn't when we got into real estate. It's easy to be seduced by these gimmicks. It's easily it's easy to fool yourself into believing that you can just do those gimmicks and not have to do the real work. Trust me, I get it. Real work sucks. It's you know, it just does. But and I totally understand why you would be seduced by these other things. It sounds wonderful. You run a Facebook ad. The click costs you five cents. You put them into a, a CRM. The CRM drips on them, and then eventually they raise their hand and say they want to do business with you. I mean, I get it. It's a sexy idea, but it doesn't really work. And long-term lead follow-up, for example, has proven a million times in a million different ways to not really work. Same with branding. Same with all this stuff. You guys are in a blessed position because you can actually learn the skills to then go directly after the business of the sellers that already have their hands in the air saying, yes, I want to sell my home. And no matter how hot your seller's market is, there are still sellers out there who have their hands in their air and say, yes, I want to sell my house. You actually, you just have to learn how to go after the business and you have to learn how to have direct conversations with people. That's where the market's at. That's where the contrarian, uh, frankly, when you do what other people aren't willing to do and you do it at a really high level, you're going to achieve, and you've heard iterations of this, haven't you? You're going to achieve and experience things in your life that they never will. And you know why? They had the same opportunity. They could have heard the, maybe even the same message, but they just chose not to do the real work. They chose not to be uncomfortable. They chose to do things that were passive where they would never have to put themselves in a position to feel like a salesperson or to you know ever hear uh, anything that even remotely resembles the word no from a prospect. That's how most people's brains are wired. They want to have these you know, nerfed up lives so they no, no longer have to experience or they don't want to have to experience. They, they want to be comfortable. They don't ever want to be uncomfortable. So they don't want to experience rejection. Well, here's a little magic pixie dust of all that. And here's, and I, hopefully, and then I'll leave you guys with this today. You, when you are trying, what you're trying to avoid, if you're trying to avoid rejection, for example, you actually, and I'm going to use a woo-woo word, but it's true. You actually manifest rejection. When you're trying to avoid hearing the word no, you actually create the essentially rejection in your life. 
And here's what I mean. If And I want you to think about this. It's an interesting concept. And this came from a billion coaching calls. Whatever you're resisting the most is where your growth needs to be is the old saying, and it's true. So if you say, for example, Tim, I will never pick up the phone and I'm never going to call a center of influence and past client. I'll mail them till the cows come home, but I'm never going to call them. Tim, I'm never going to call an unrepresented owner, aka FISBO. There's 20 different sources of leads that we teach you to generate from that none of these lead sources cost you any money. That's what we do in our coaching company. So if you are not willing to do the real work, and you're absolutely positively never going to do it. And this is completely offensive to you. And my gosh, how could you possibly suggest I do that real work, Tim? I'm never going to do it. Okay, I hear you. Well, what are you actually creating? And so what's the real reason why you don't want to do it? There's all kinds of reasons, right? You don't want to be perceived as a salesperson. You don't want to feel rejection. You don't want to, all these different reasons. You got your reasons. So what does that actually create? You are wanting, not wanting to have the experience uh, essentially doing proactive lead generation for the ultimate reason is, is because you don't want to suffer rejection. You don't want to be seen as, in other words, be rejected socially. You don't want to feel rejected by a prospect. In other words, rejection, rejection, rejection. That fear is what's the overriding emotion that's preventing you from moving forward. Can we just you know, intellectually agree? Yes, yes, hopefully, right? Some of you are arguing with me in your heads, but let's just, for the sake of conversation, move forward. So your fear is telling you to avoid, don't do these activities because it will result in rejection. It will result in lack of success. But you see how that fear is actually what you manifest. You manifest lack of success because you're not doing the work. So you're trying to avoid rejection and fear, which ultimately in your mind will lead to failure. That's what you're trying to avoid. Makes sense. Failure is something we should all try to avoid, right? We want to succeed. And yet, by avoiding the real work that you think will lead to failure, you're actually forcing your uh, failure as your only option because you're ending up doing things that won't result in success. Guys, get it? Whatever you're resisting the most is where your growth needs to be. So a nice little cathartic experience for you would be to write down the list of the things you're avoiding the most, especially in real estate. And we've done this. <laughs> it's a fun exercise. Like when I, Julie and I are in front of a group of people back when there were these strange things called live events and we'd ask them all, what are the things, what are the top five things that are avoiding the most in the real estate business? Um, all of them would always be with uh, anything proactive, right? So people would write down things like, you know, calling this, getting a price change, right? That's usually on the list. There, there would be conversations about obviously, you know, doing anything proactive. That would be calling anybody, soliciting anybody for the sake, you know, calling a seller for anything, um, you know, with regards to taking a listing. Those are the activities. So you write these, all these things down that you're avoiding the most. Three to five things that you are avoiding the most in real estate. If you want to make it really emotional to really spark a nerve, three to five things that you'll never do in real estate. I've heard people on uh, stages and I've heard them say, I will never prospect, like it's a prideful thing. I'll never pick up the phone. All my business comes from centers of influence and past clients. I hear you, I understand. I, you're making your list of the things you won't do. Well, but when doing that, you are absolutely locking in failure because the things that you're going to be gravitating towards will have no success or limited success. It's a fascinating fact, especially for those of you who don't have the ability, for example, build big, uh, build big centers of influence and past clients. You're going to be attracted to all the gimmicks, all the Facebook advertising, all the different little Mickey Mouse things that agents are uh, being told will lead to business. That's the path you're going to go. 
and you're going to spend money on it. And that's one of the reasons that based on our rudimentary study that we believe that the um, essentially longevity of the average new agent has been cut by almost 50% in the past um, 14 years. That's where Julie and I, we couldn't get data that was older than that. But we're seeing that since the advent of Zillow and buying leads becoming mainstream, we are seeing, we believe that the average agent is staying in the business less than a year now versus when Julie and I are in the business, which it was obviously more than double that. Isn't that interesting? I think it is. So that means that all the gimmicks aren't making more agents succeed. They're actually maybe causing agents to never learn the truth about how to be successful long-term in real estate. It's actually leading to their failure quicker. Don't you think that's fascinating, listeners? But here's really where the rubber meets the road. All the bosses, all the managers, all the brokers, all the people that are leading these agents, most of them have only come into the business in the last 14 or 15 years. So they themselves don't know that there's other ways of uh, building business that are proactive where they don't have to buy the business. You talk to any agent who's been in the business for less than five years, and you ask them what their plan is, it is some ridiculously complicated Rubik's Cube of you know steps and procedures and funnels and all the rest of it to which I hear them say all of that and their threat vectors as Elon Musk likes to say all these different points where these ideas could fail all these different places where it could re well so when are you going to building this big elaborate you know Rubik's Cube of uh, ideas where how long is it going to take for you to generate any business and there is never an answer because there is no answer, because it's always uh, predicated on these big, complicated, multi-step processes actually working. But when someone comes to our coaching company, we can teach somebody what to say, how to say it, give them a pre-listing pack, give them a listing presentation, tell them what to say if the seller says this, if the seller says that. Everything is done for you. It is a complete system, and you can be taking listings inside 30 days, and you can have paychecks, depending on your market, inside 90 days. We do not believe that you have to basically torture yourself working with buyers for years and years before you can become a listing agent. You can become a listing agent immediately, the second you get your real estate license. And that's what all of you should be doing. So don't waste time doing time-wasting activities and hoping and praying that one day you'll start becoming successful. Do what successful people do immediately, not 10 years from now, assuming you could even have the financial staying power to stay in the industry. Hopefully all this makes sense to you guys. I know it does. <laughs> you know how I know it does? Because this is the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in the United States because our book continues to be a bestseller. I think what you're going to see in 2021 moving forward is you're going to see a return of agents with real sales skills. Now, maybe I'm being optimistic. I probably am. Maybe I'm looking through my own rose-colored glasses. I, pro I you know, probably am. But as the world tries to migrate towards everything being digital, consumers are going to want high touch. And high touch comes from direct contact. High touch comes from skills. As everybody else tries to you know, incorporate AI and they incorporate all these complicated funnels and lead follow-ups and all this digital you know, Mickey Mouse, the high touch agents are the ones that are going to succeed. The ones that actually have the conversations, that's going to be the thing that uh, sort of unifies the success in the, going forward. That's the thing that the, if you want to, you know, imagine, here's my, my vision. I'll share this guys with you. So five years ago, if you had a bunch of top producing agents on stage, they'd all be saying the same thing, wouldn't they? Teams, buyers, agents, buying leads, uh, big complicated this, branding, this, that, the other thing. They all say the exact same thing. But the agents that had the most, the highest net income, first of all, they don't even want to be on that stage. 
because they are essentially becoming rich from the profits that come from their real estate businesses and they're reinvesting that money and in income producing assets. But in the, on that very stage in a few years, here's what you're going to hear. You're going to hear agents that you, maybe this, so there's five people on the stage. You're going to hear the biggest monster profitable agents. They're not doing all that gimmicky stuff. And because they know that if they want to differentiate themselves in the marketplace, they have to move towards high skill. They have to move towards high touch. They have to move towards doing what other people won't do. So as all these other agents, you know, believe that everything else should be essentially digital and somehow they're, you know, trying to create these digital real estate businesses that are all going to be, you know, uh, everything's done for them and all the rest of this stuff. As that's the direction that the masses go, consumers are going to reject that and they're going to be attracted to agents that essentially are going to, you know, be real. Be genuine, be authentic, not just be the stylized version of yourself on, you know, Facebook or, you know, all these other digital formats where you guys are all being influenced to become influencers. You guys get it? Do you see how these things are just trends? They come and they go, they come and they go. But the one thing that's always omnipresent in life is human need for direct contact and interaction. If the COVID 2020, right? If that doesn't prove how incredibly powerful and how incredibly needed people need people, nothing will. If you're believing that um, you know you can continue to hide in your dugout and you know send drip campaigns and build complicated marketing funnels, if you actually believe that stuff's more powerful than having the skills to pick up the phone, you're probably always going to needlessly suffer. You're always going to be worried about some change to some algorithm. You're always going to be worried about some change to some ad format. I mean, Facebook is supposedly going to get broken up and they're going to be forced to sell off Instagram and Snapchat and all this other stuff. I just read that this morning. And all those different technology companies that you have become dependent on uh, to essentially create your business lead funnel, you're going to be always worried and always suffering from all the ebbs and flows from all those types of businesses versus the agent who actually knows how to proactively lead generate. That person's confident. That person wakes up every morning and they know exactly what to say and exactly what to do. They have their, you know, essentially their morning schedule drilled down. Again, we're going to be talking more about all this in the coming days as part of the real estate treasure map. That's the agent you want to be because that's the agent that doesn't work nights and weekends. That's the agent that's not pulling their hair out. That's the agent that can do significant financial planning. That's the agent that pays their taxes on time. That's the agent that has the lifestyle that all of you guys want. So you have a, you do have a path to follow. You do have to decide what direction you're going to go. You have to, and I'll strongly suggest to all of you, that you embrace the lifestyle of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And that is a Tim and Julie Harris original, right? But it is the truth. Everything you want in life, if you want ever-increasing levels of success in your life, embrace the concept of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And there's so many aspects of life that are like that, not just work, right? You know, going to the gym, when Julie had to, you know, write Harris Rules, our best-selling book, she had to set aside time every single day, and I guarantee you not one time did she feel like doing that work. But... It's never, it didn't come from passion. It didn't come, it come from, it came from obligation. It came from doing what she didn't want to do and she didn't want to do it at the highest level. That is where all the growth happens. That is where all the magic happens in life. And if you do that for long enough, at a high enough level, doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level, you do start to, um, like, so for example, if you're up and coming or if you're trying to create your financial future, if you're trying to catch up, whatever it is, 
and you're intellectually, you're behind me 100%. Tim, I accept the fact that if I went ever increasing levels of doing uh, of success in my business and personal life, I have to do what I don't want to do when I don't want to do it at the highest level. Okay, you're there, right? Let's assume you're there. At what point do you no longer have to live that lifestyle? You think I'm going to say never, but it's not true. Over time, as you make right your financial situation, as you build your business and your skill set, what you're then going to be able to do is you're going to be able to change the equation. So let's say you're in creation mode and accumulation mode. And so maybe you have to spend 75, 75% of your life doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level to really accomplish the things you set out for yourself to accomplish. Well, after you start, when the net worth um, uh, pendulum starts to pivot in your direction, right? When you start having more things create um income for you. So you no longer have to worry about all the things we're showing you guys how to break down and focus on as far as the real estate treasure map. When you become rich where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money, then you can go from doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level uh, at 75% of the time. And then you can slightly pull back on that. You know, as you get maybe older, but really it's tied to affluence more than it is age. And then you go down to maybe 50%, maybe 30%, maybe 20%. And then I know many, many people who basically are doing what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level, maybe only 10% of their, their lives. The rest of the time, they basically are doing what they want to do when they want to do it at whatever heck level they want to do it at. You guys get it? But you got to pay the price for it. Unless you were born with a silver spoon, unless you were born on third base, the reality of it is, is probably none of you were. And as a result of that, you guys all have to basically earn the right to be truly free. And the freedom that you're looking for comes on the other side of being rich, where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. Once you've removed the financial burden from your back, once you no longer have that as an issue, everything becomes possible and your brain starts allowing new software to be, you know, be loaded and you can actually start to feel that sense of you know, libertas, which means freedom. And that's what I'm hoping all of you guys will realize is your true North Star. If it's not yet, it does become that the older you get. You should listen to your old friend, Tim, and I'm telling you the truth. Maybe you're in your, your 20s, or your 30s, and you're still in the point where you want to have attention, recognition. You want to be an influencer. You want to be a star. I promise you, those of you who are my age and older, I'm sure you're all agreeing, that the older you get, the less that stuff matters, and the more it matters that you would have saved money and built affluence so you could be free. Your ego will start to uh, essentially become less influential on what matters to you in life as you grow older, what matters to you more in life are the finer, essentially the, you know, living in essence, being around people you love, not worrying so much about all the things that we're told we're supposed to worry about with regards to, you know, essentially influence and ego and all this other stuff. You're going to get older and I want you to have the financial freedom so that you can actually embrace all that life truly is, but you got to pay the price. You got to go through the, you know, the prickly forest. You have to do the real work. You can't skip it. You just can't. I wish you could. If you could, I would have. Julie would have. If you could, I, you know, we would have written a book about that. But you can't. You got to do the real work. And that's okay. It's okay because now that you know what you have to do, you have a course of action to take. Just essentially get it done. Work through it. And don't take forever to get started. Don't just say, I'm hearing what you're saying, Tim. I've read your book before. I've done your treasure map before. I've listened to you guys for years. I get what you're saying. But you know what, Tim? I'm going to go to a seminar on how to do pay-per-click ads, right? 
I'm going to take an online webinar and how I can blah, 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 blah. Or I'm going to work on my brand or my logo or I'm going to work on my website. I'm going to do my other things that I've been doing because I'm not quite ready for what you're telling me. I know intellectually what you're saying is true, but I'm just not ready quite to do the work. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I hear you. I understand. That's a vast majority of you, truthfully. I know that's true. But you know what? This message is going to rattle around in your brain. <laughs> You're not going to forget it because once you've heard it, you can't unhear it, right? Now it's up to you to decide how long you're going to procrastinate, finally allowing yourself the right to be free. And that is really what the overriding message of our coaching company is. On the, This business is a blessing or it's a curse. This business gives you what? Freedom from having a boss, freedom from someone telling you what to do and when to do it. And it's supposed to give you freedom or the ability to have unlimited income. Well, those three things, right? You get the second you get a real estate license. You no longer have a boss. Woo, you're self-employed. You no longer tell, have anyone telling you what to do and when to do it. You're self-employed. And you know, real estate does create the opportunity to have unlimited income. That is true. But what is easy to accomplish are the first two things. What is hard to accomplish is the last one, right? So all of you guys are self-unemployed, right? Occasionally, uh, and when you're listless, when you have no listings, you're listless, um, and you have no one telling you what to do. That's the reason that you need a coach. And when you actually embrace the fact that this is a job, this is a business, there's the working in your business and the working on your business. Too many of you are spending way too much time working on your business and you need to be working in your business because working in your business is where the money is. Your business is the asset from your business is your skill set. The asset from your business is the profit that comes from the business that you reinvest in other things. Your real estate business's product is your profit. There's no two ways about it. You will never sell your business. No one's ever going to want to buy it. So the asset you have or the opportunity you have rather, saying that I think more succinctly, is making enough profit from your real estate practice that you then reinvest that in things that produce long-term wealth building opportunities for you. That's really the truth. That's the bottom line. That's what this industry is all about. Selling real estate does not make you rich. It's what you do with the profits from selling real estate that makes you rich. Hopefully this resonates with all of you. Hopefully it does. Hopefully you guys you know, essentially wrap your arms around the idea that we are absolutely going to be walking into maybe the next five to 10 years being the best five or 10 years in real estate. Julie and I have never been more optimistic. We've never been more excited. We've never been more just everything. It's going to be unbelievable the things that are going to happen in the industry because of technology, because of all these changes. Yes, there's going to be ebbs and flows and there's going to be, you know, all these different things are going to happen, but you're going to get through it. The one thing you need more than anything is the skill set to be able to help solve other people's problems. If you do that, you really can tune out all the rest of the, the, uh, the noise. Because look, if COVID has proven nothing, it has proven that housing is here to stay. Back during the real estate crash, all these naysayers were saying the American dream is no longer to own a home. Oh, Really? Nope. The American dream is not only to uh, own a home, but now it's to own a home, maybe not in a city, but maybe on the countryside. Maybe to own a second home. Maybe to own a third home. Real estate is the one bellwether in this crazy year we've had that's actually stood above all the others. I, it's, it's a little bit emotionally difficult to say that, but our industry, maybe because of COVID, has done incredibly well this year. And this is the start of a macro trend. This is the start of the reformation of the way people think about real estate that's going to be here to last. It will not reverse. There might be ups and downs in the market, but it does not matter. If you were ever doubtful that owning a home was the American dream or a major part of it, 
Those doubts should be set aside. And you have a real estate license. And you have the best years of your career and your life ahead of you. You've got to stop wasting time and make the most of it. Stop taking the time and the opportunity for granted. Embrace the fact that these are going to be the best years of your life because they are. And we look forward to being your wingman or you know wingwoman through the next uh, stage in the real estate cycle. We're very much looking forward to sharing this experience with you. It is our honor to be your coach. It is our honor to have the opportunity to be of service to all of you. If you've not yet done so, please download your 2021 business plan. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. In the meantime, we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.